You are listening to Power Talk with Dr. Norman Thomas, sponsored by New Life Church International, a church for all nations. So three ways to make up our minds. And tonight we're dealing with our words. So number one, we said, we want to decide what we desire. Now that desire is going to come to us from God, right? It allows God to speak desire to our hearts and decide that we will manifest the desire that God gives to us. Number two, we say we will confirm with God's peace. And I say here that when God speaks to you, when God gives you a direction, it is always accompanied by his peace within you. And then thirdly, tonight, we're saying affirm with your own words. So God is giving you desire and you decide on that, number one. Number two, you confirm it so that there's no doubting, there's no back and forth with the peace that God gives you, you take it and confirm with it and stay with it. And then number three, you affirm it with your own words. Now you're going to speak right and you're going to speak in agreement with that, that initiative. So these are vital steps that will help you move forward in a direction that represents God's best plans and purposes for your life. Now if you want access to these notes, You'll find them on our website, and the information will be on the screen concerning how you can download those or print those out for your own personal use. Our foundational scripture is 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 in the English Standard Version. It says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This scripture stood out to me because it dealt with the preparing of the mind for action. And I thought that went right along with our study on making up our minds and being sober-minded in the process. You know, in the book of James, it talks about double-minded man. That double-minded man, or it could be a double-minded woman for that matter. But what is a double-minded individual? A double-minded individual is one that thinks this direction today, but they switch and think this direction tomorrow. Today they say, I'm going to do it. Tomorrow they say, I don't know, I'm not sure, maybe not. It's back and forth, back and forth. Or it could be a consistent idea in one direction, but a consistent behavior in another direction. In other words, it's a great idea. We're we're delighted of the idea to move forward in a particular path, but we're not so keen on what it's going to take behaviorally and attitudinally to get there. And so we are contradicting ourselves all along the way. That's double-mindedness. Here's what the Bible says in James about a double-minded man. I think this is around James chapter 4, verses 6, 7, and 8, somewhere around there. It says, a double-minded man cannot be trusted. You just read it. There's so many words. That's what it says. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his or her ways. You see? 
that when you allow double-mindedness to manifest itself in one area, it'll bleed over into other areas of your life. You can't make a decision about relationships. You can't make a decision about careers. You can't make a decision about where you're going to live or, you know, anything. How you discipline your children, your back and forth. And so he says, that's like the wind taking the wave of the sea and tossing it back and forth. If the wind blows west, the waves go west. If the wind blows east, then the waves go east. He says, you, you, a, a double-minded individual is unstable in every aspect of his or her life. So you don't want to be that way. You be single-minded, and Jesus taught on that. And so that's what we're teaching on, and we're trying to get you to understand there are some things you can do to help yourself be single-minded. In other words, realize, number one, your desire is not your own. That you have desire, but God has desire for you that he'd like to download into you. It'll blow yours out of the water. See, I didn't realize that until I, I, I just yielded and began to embrace God's desire for me. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know that I could desire this. I didn't know that I could do this or be this or go here or have this. And it took God to give me new desire for me to realize that life was far greater, that the parameter for my desire was far beyond what was locked in my mind based on my past experiences or based on what I've seen, my past exposures or whatever. So get that desire straight because that's very, very key. Yield. Let God birth new desires in you and then secondly, confirm it uh, with the peace that comes with it and don't let the devil take you off of it. Once you get God's peace, settle on it and don't have it any other way and just keep moving forward. And then tonight, as we said, we're going to teach you how to keep your words right so that you can use your own words to affirm you and to affirm what God has spoken on the inside of you. Now, speaking of words, <clears throat> using your words properly. You know, a lot of people think that you have words to conversate, but you really have words to create. Words are designed to really, that's the primary use of your words is to create things. Conversation is, is lanyap. We call it down here in the South in Louisiana. Lanyap means extra. It's, it's, the, it's the overflow. Conversation is the overflow. But creation is the primary means by which you've been given the gift to speak. And if you're not creating, consciously creating something, you need to really check out why you're talking so much. Okay? In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 37, it says, For by your words you shall be justified and acquitted, and by your words you shall be condemned and sentenced. Now that's either or. That's either or. If you speak the wrong words, you will condemn yourself. You will literally sentence yourself. But if you speak the right words, you will cause yourself to be justified or to be acquitted. You see? So your and and this is what Jesus taught. Jesus said these words. And so so it's important. You know if it was important for him to teach it, it's important for us to practice it. 
that we practice using the right words. So my notes say, how you use your words will determine the outcomes you experience in life. You will either affirm God's plan for your life or you will affirm the enemy's plan for your life. Now, people sometimes think that life is just happenstance, that, you know, you have a hand dealt to you and you just got to manage it. And that's what's called life. That's not true. That's not true at all. You see, what's been given to you is a predetermined design that's been given to you by God. Every person on the earth has it. Now, you're not awakened to it until you surrender to Jesus, until you awaken to the presence of your Father, God, who is on the inside of you. When that awareness occurs, then that plan, that prescribed plan that has been established for you is activated. It's like turning on a switch, and now you have access to everything God has for you. All you got to do is walk it out. Get it, receive it, believe it, embrace it, and walk it out. So your prayer, your private words, your private words, and your public words. See, there are words that people speak in public. Then there are words that people speak in private. Both of them are words we speak, but only one of them truly represent a lifestyle. You want to guess which one? It's that private language. It's that private talk. It's the, it's the private, it's the culture of the private talk. And when I say private, I mean the way you talk when you're at your home, when you're just relaxed, when you're just you. You're not trying to impress anybody. You're not, you're not, you're not talking to someone and you're, and you're not interviewing for a position. You're not trying to sell a product. You're just being you. You're talking, and, you, and you're just flowing just from your own authentic self. That's a culture of language right there, you see? Now, when you come in front of someone, especially someone you want to try to impress or you want to sound somewhat intelligent, you upgrade that, and you begin to use more proper words. But there is a deeper thing here. You see, the culture of your words is not about the pronunciation. It's not about word choice per se. It is about the heart. It is what is in your heart. And what people don't realize is that you can come to church. We can gather here on a Sunday or Tuesday night and we can confess things together and speak to each other in, in this setting uh, the way we know we're supposed to talk. But the culture of your heart is revealed when you're at home, when you're relaxed, when you're just talking. And if you're talking words of death, then that's what's in your heart. If you're talking defeat and failure, then, then that is what's in your heart. And it's what's in your heart that's going to manifest in your life. Not what you say when you're in my presence or in the presence of another brother or sister in Christ. It's what you say when you're by yourself. That's what's in your heart and that's what's going to manifest in your life. So you want to make sure that you're consistent in training and developing yourself to speak the right things. And the best thing to do is to get to the place where 
the way you speak at home is the way you speak in public. If you're in front of me, you, that's, you speak that way. You know, I was with someone one time and, and uh, out of their mouth flew a profanity and it wasn't a, a mild one either. It was a, it was a, it was a rough one. And immediately he covered his mouth uh, with his hands, and, and that's in the Bible too. <laughs> we'll look at it. And he says, I'm so sorry that slipped out. I said, look, it slipped because it's there. If, if it wasn't there, it couldn't slip. I said, so the idea is not to apologize to me, but I, I, I appreciate that. But the idea is to practice speaking right when you're by yourself. Practice speaking the right way when you are in that private space. And that way, you don't have to worry about something slipping out that shouldn't slip out because there's nothing in there that shouldn't be in there, right? So practice, practice, practice. Now, the key is that if you practice right words, uh, in private, you will ultimately speak right words in public. Jesus said in Luke 6.45, here's what he said. For of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says, your mouth will speak from what your heart is full of. Now that is in word and in attitude. So if your heart is full of anger, then your words will reflect that anger when you speak. It don't take much. I mean, you can be civil as long as you are, you are you're prompted to be civil, but if, you're, if somebody presses your pressure point, all of, them, all of a sudden your civility goes out the window and that anger comes out. That anger begins to exert itself because it's just below the surface, you see? And the reason it's just below the surface is because you haven't practiced putting death to it. For more inspiration, visit our YouTube channel at Dr. Norman Thomas.